Romans chapter 15. Let's begin in verse 7 and then we'll, we'll look through verse 13. Therefore, receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now I, I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written. For this reason, I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again, he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him, the Gentiles shall hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We look at this particular passage of Scripture, and we've been seeing for the past several weeks that he's calling the church to receive one another, recognizing that there's differences between us. There's, there's those that he refers to as the weaker brother who is is still in a place of, I, I can't eat that, and I have to observe this day, and being in a place where, where it's, it's the gray area, but they're still wanting to do all of those things and make sure that, they've, they're, that they're all done. And, and the other Christians who are referred to as the strong Christians, where they know that they have freedom in Christ to, to eat that and to not observe those days and to be in a place of just looking at their lives and saying, I'm, I'm free from these things. And and. The Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul is just telling Christians, just have unity together. Show grace towards the weaker brother. Show grace if you disagree with, with the one who is eating the meat or is, is, is not observing the days. Show grace to one another. And looking at it and just Christ received us. He did that for us. He's forgiven us of all of our sins. He's taken us who were, were covered with sin and, and, and has received us into his kingdom. So how can we who, who were sinners and, and have had all of these sins in our lives not also receive one in whom Christ has also received? Um, that we're to receive one another, that we're to love one another, that we're to care for one another. This unity that is to be here within the body. But he goes from there and says, Now I, I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. He now takes it not just from the weak brother to the strong brother, but taking it from the Jew to the Gentile. We live in um, this, this melting pot of, of Southern California in which there's so many different races. Um, gr- growing up in school in which there's, there's Hispanics, there's Asians, there's blacks, there's whites, there's those from the Middle East, there's those from all different parts of the world. And 
And yet you look at this particular time and there was those that were Jews that had kept the law and done all of those things. They saw themselves as God had told them in his word as, the, as his own special people. And, and they, they, they wouldn't even want to be near a Gentile. Um, you, you have what's taking place of Gentiles and, and, and Jews coming together now, born again into the same churches. And still this divide that, that takes place. Um, I recognize that, that, that racism continues to be a problem today, even, even in the melting pot like Southern California, but especially in different parts of the world. I'm, I'm half Japanese, and my, my mom had um, this great aunt that, that lived with us for quite a while, and, and she was, uh, her and her husband had, were both members of the Ku Klux Klan. And she was in need, or at least we thought she was in need. Um, she wasn't in as much need as we originally thought. But my parents just welcomed her into our home, and, and she was there for quite a while. I mean, I, it was, I was a kid, but I know it was a significant period of time, months and months and months, if not over a year. But she refused to eat with us because there because my dad and us kids were part Japanese. Or my dad was Japanese, is Japanese. And still is. It's hard to believe, yeah. <laughs> kind of works that way. Um, and, and so she wouldn't eat with us. She would take her food and go back and just, I'm not eating with them. And I, I watched my parents just show her so much grace. And, 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 and then there came a point where it just wasn't healthy for our family and um, my mom took her back to her place in Colorado and, um, and found like tens of thousands of dollars stored all throughout the house. And so when I say that she, we thought she was in need, but she really wasn't, that's why. Um, so we just stole all the money and kept, no, just kidding. Um, we put her in a nice place to live for the rest of her life. But hindsight, no, I, you they just took care of her and put her someplace so that she could stay there till, till she passed. But seeing that, that, that hatred that was there, just I, I won't eat with them. Like I thank you for taking me into your home, but I will not eat with them. I won't associate with them. And it's something for us as we look at it within us as a church that there is neither Jew nor Gentile. There's neither black nor white. Um, we are one in Christ. That there ought not to be any divisions amongst us as far as old and young, married and single. Looking at it where we look at our lives, whether, whether you have kids or you don't have kids or your kids are young or your kids are grown up. Just being in a place of we are the body of Christ and we are united in just the fact that we were all sinners and Christ has saved us from our sins and we have the Holy Spirit within us and he's made us new creations and we'll spend eternity with him. And there's this unity that is here because we've all been washed by the blood of Christ and there's a church family that is here. 
to, to have that knowledge and just to love one another and to care for one another like that. And so he's taken us from, from weak brethren to, to strong brethren to the circumcision, the Jews versus the Gentiles. And he refers to Christ here and, and, and says, now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers. We see that to, to be the case. We, we look and, and we see that Jesus came as a servant to the Jews to confirm the promises made to the fathers, to fulfill the prophecies that were given in Scripture. He became a servant to the Jews to show that God is a promise keeper, that he's truthful, when he promises something, he fulfills those promises. And so he brings it to a point of, now consider Christ. He went and became a Jew and a servant to the Jews. And he shows the truth of God that God keeps his promises. The Jews were looking ahead for a Messiah who was to come. All of these prophecies that were given throughout the Old Testament, given to the fathers, promises that were given, covenants that were made as far as this is what God is going to do. And and Jesus came to confirm those promises. Promises that were given to, to Adam and Eve. I'll put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, but you shall bruise, I'm sorry, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Speaking to the serpent. You look at this, and, and from the seed of the woman, we see that Christ would come and crush his head. Galatians 4 4, and when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that, he might re- that we might receive the adoption as sons. Promises that were given to, to Abraham. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Galatians 3.8. The scripture foreseen that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. Preach the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, In you, all the nations shall be blessed. Galatians 3.16, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. Prophecies that were given, promises that were given, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed from your seed. Promises that were given through Isaiah, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And we we see the fulfillment of that promise. Matthew 1, 23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. That he would come and we could just go on and on and on as far as all of the prophecies that were given, all of the promises that were given, all of the details of being born of a virgin, being born in Bethlehem, that he'd minister in Galilee, that he'd work all kinds of miracles. He'd heal sicknesses and infirmities. He would 
enter into Jerusalem riding on a colt, the foal of a donkey, that the people would conspire against him, that Christ would be betrayed by a friend, that he'd be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver, that, that the 30 pieces of silver would be used to buy a potter's field, that he'd be silent before his accusers, that he'd be spit upon and hit in the face, that he'd be crucified, that he'd be given gall and vinegar, that he'd, people would cast lots for his garments, that he'd be mocked, that he would die with criminals, that Christ's bones would not be broken, his side would be pierced, that he'd be buried with the rich, and so on and so forth. All of the details that would be given of Christ, the Messiah, who was to come, and to see that all of it was fulfilled. And so we see here in, in Romans 15, 8, Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers. And he did that. He confirmed the promises. This is what I said was going to happen, God says. And this is what has happened in Christ. He is the fulfillment of all of the promises that had been given of this redemption that would come in Christ. And not only that, but it says in verse 9, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, for this reason I will confess to you among the Gentiles, and sing to your name. Not only did he come to fulfill all of the promises, but he came so that you and I as Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. That we are brought into the fold. That we are grafted into the tree into the branches were brought in, were grafted in together. We have, who were not his people have been made his people, been redeemed, we've been purchased, and that we would glorify God for his mercy. Has that happened? Absolutely it does. It happens all the time. I mean, you, you look at the fulfillment of this. Christ has come, and he came, and he was born a Jew, and he fulfilled all of the law. He was crucified just as it had been determined. And, and the gospel goes forth from, just as it said, from the seed of Abraham, all the nations would be blessed. We are the nations, and we are blessed. We are blessed in that we have salvation, and we belong to him. And whosoever believes in him, will not perish but have everlasting life. And you think of the mercy that we've received and the fact that we glorify him as a result. I think about it all the time. I mean, I was reading this last night after a funeral that I officiated yesterday beginning at 9 a.m. with the viewing to 10.30 service to a graveside burial and, and getting home nearly at 5 o'clock and, and being there with this family of a 26-year-old who's passed. And, and as I shared before, her sister, 20 years old, died in a car accident 10 months ago. And, and being there to do this funeral and the church is filled. And I, I, I wanted to talk with so many people to know beforehand, like, okay, tell me about how she was saved. And 
she had been a part of a, the youth ministry that I had taught, and I, I knew her well, but she had fallen so far away. I mean, I, she had gotten into all kinds of things that were just horrific, and new age things, and fire throwing, spinning things. It, th- there was like a whole group of people there that, um, that knew her from that previous life and, 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 and they, they were, they all had their fire things there. They were howling, doing things that were so, so odd and so strange. And just looking at these people and, and seeing that they're so, they were so lost. And, and to think that, that God orchestrated things in the final two months of his, of her life to bring her to salvation. Hearing what she said to her mom, mom, I've repented. I've, I've rededicated my life to Christ. I just want to follow him. Her sharing the gospel with people there, even as she was there at the hospital for the last couple of weeks before she passed from cancer, finding out just a couple weeks before, three weeks before that she had cancer and then dying three weeks later. And those three weeks, what, what God did, she, she rededicated her life to Christ before she even knew that she was sick like that. She didn't even know she had cancer. And God just drew her back by his sweet voice. And I I'm there, and, and, and I'm thinking of her life, and I'm looking at all that had taken place in her life, and to be able to look and just see, she's with Christ in heaven now. She's with Christ. She, she left this earth, and she breathed her, her last breath, and, and her breath was followed by the most joyful breath imaginable, of being in the joy of the Lord, being in his presence, being in a place where she once saw dimly, now she sees face-to-face, being in a place where there's no more sin, there's no more sadness, there's no more tears, it's all gone. She's there, and she will be there for all eternity, and she'll never thirst again. She'll never hunger. She'll never be in want of anything. She's blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. If Christ gave us his son, how much more will he also freely give us all things, and he gives all things to her, She's been adopted into his family. She's been made his bride. And she will reign with him and be with him for all eternity. And I'll tell you, it's mercy. It's mercy. It's mercy that by the sweetness of our shepherd, he called her. The gospel went forward. She was there looking for her son and her boyfriend that she was living with and trying to find him and walks by this building. And they say, are you here for the parenting class? No. I'm not here for the parenting class. What is the parenting class? She's got a six-year-old, five-year-old at the time. I'm, I'm, people tell her, this is the parenting class. She comes in, and God saves her. After spending so much time with this particular church that she was at, them sharing the gospel with her, ministering her, she comes to salvation. And it's just the Holy Spirit that does that in its mercy. And she will not have anything withheld from her. She'll spend eternity with Christ because it's not based upon how well she lived in that dash between, between when she was born and when the Lord took her home. It's not based on between 1987 and, and 2013 or 2014. It's not based upon what that looks like. It's based upon the fact that Christ came and he fulfilled all righteousness and he took all of her sins and he gives her 
all of his righteousness and just says, you are free from all of your sin and you're clothed with the very righteousness of Christ. And she enters into the kingdom. And I just look I love mercy because I love the fact that as I'm looking there at that coffin and thinking there will be a day when that will be me to be able to think that it will all be mercy. It'll all be the grace of God. I'll be there and I'll be there in heaven singing praises and, and, and singing things like, for unto you is all glory and all honor. For you were the lamb that was slain. You took my sins upon yourself. You are my savior. I didn't deserve any of it. You drew me by your Holy Spirit. You gave me your word. You had the gospel go forward to me. You determined my boundaries and pre-appointed my dwelling places so that I would grope for you and find you. You did that. You were the one that says, I know my sheep and they hear my voice and they follow me. You were the one that called me like that. And I get to spend eternity with you and It's not that my body goes into the grave and stays there, but you tell me that you take that which is corruptible and you bring it to incorruption and you make it so the sting of death has been removed and I get to spend eternity with you because all the sting that I ever could have deserved is placed upon Christ on the cross. So I get to spend eternity with you with no sting of death, with no condemnation because Christ has paid it all. And I love mercy. I love grace. Getting home and just, okay, I'm, I got to study, I got to study, I got to get ready for tomorrow morning, and I'm there for about an hour, and I get a phone call or a text message, Chris has gone home to be with the Lord. In my first thought, I was like, I need to go be with the family. And you go up there, and, and I'm there within just a few minutes, and she's there, and the family's there, and there's tears that are there, and then just to be able to go with them and just say, like, what do you think she's doing right now? What is she doing right now? She's running. She, she has the joy of the Lord. She's seen his face. She's seen loved ones. She's seen her grandchild that, that was just recent, that, that, that recently passed away in a miscarriage just in the last few months. She's with the grandchild. She's seen people that, that have gone before her. She's there and she's with Christ and she has an inheritance and it's there and she's seen all in which Christ has accomplished for her. And when she's read verses like, you'll be blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, she's now able to look and to see it and to say, However good I thought it was, it is infinitely greater than anything I ever thought. Whatever you think of when you think enter into the joy of the Lord, it's as happy as you could ever possibly be. And you're like, oh, that must be really good. It it is nothing compared to that. It is entering into the joy of the Lord to a joy who does what of, of a God who does whatsoever he wills to do, who rejoices over us with singing, a God who loves us so much and he is so full of joy in that he is sovereign and he is good and he is holy and he tells us that in his presence is fullness of joy and in his right hand are pleasures forevermore and he's not exaggerating about it at all as far as i will not withhold one good thing from you and she's experiencing that and she's just saying oh that that pastor at reverence man he did nothing to show us what it was really going to be like (laughs) and she's there and and it's mercy it's just it's just mercy it's grace It was undeserved. Not one of us who goes into heaven will be there because we did something to deserve it, that we merited it, that we earned it. 
It wasn't, it's never going to be because we did more righteous things than bad things. It's all going to be because Christ upon the cross took our sins upon himself and he fulfilled all righteousness and he gives it to us as we come to him in faith. It's all a gift. And he tells us here, the Gentiles, that the Gentiles, Christ came that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. For his mercy. We started out our worship this morning by saying, Thy mercy, my God, is the theme of my song. The joy of my heart and the boast of my tongue. Thy free grace alone from the first to the last has won my affections and bound my soul fast. You've won my affections. You've won my heart. Thy mercy, O oh God, has won my affection. It just has taken my, my heart and has bound it unto you. I live for you. I love you. I desire to please you because of your mercy that you have shown unto me. For this reason, I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. Just as we just did. That comes from Psalm 18, verse 49. Therefore, I will give thanks to the Lord, to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles, and sing praises to your name. In Romans 15, verse 10, and again he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. Now, notice in, in verse 9, for this reason I'll confess you, I'll confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. So those, the psalmist will confess Christ, confess God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to, to the Gentiles and sing to your name. Now the next verse says, now rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. Rejoice, you Gentiles who are here. Rejoice. Rejoice with God's people. Rejoice with the circumcision. Rejoice with the Jews. Rejoice with them. Coming from Deuteronomy 32, verse 43. Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants and render vengeance to his adversaries. He will provide atonement for his land and his people. So rejoice, O Gentiles. And so what the Holy Spirit is inspiring Paul to do is to say, look, there's to be unity that's there between the Jews and the Gentiles, partly because you, you look at this and all of it was foretold as far as, hey, the Gentiles are going to rejoice with you in the church. The Gentiles are going to rejoice with you. And then in verse 11, and again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you peoples. So it goes from, he's going to confess to you among the Gentiles, to rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people, to now, we, the Gentiles, for those of you who are Gentiles here, we, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. It's not just being heard among them, or rejoicing with them. But us, prophecy that's given, we will rejoice. We'll praise him. We'll praise him. We, as God's people who have been grafted in, will praise him. 
will laud him or extol him, all you peoples. To laud is, is that idea of to praise highly, especially in a, in a public context, to praise him like that highly, to be together, to praise him. Has that happened? Absolutely it has. It happens right now as we talk about these things. It will happen in a few moments when we, we start to sing songs unto him. It will happen as we are together and we're partaking in communion and we're partaking of it and just through the entire service, thank you God so much for, for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you that your body was broken for me. Thank you that your blood was shed for me. Thank you that because of you, I get to spend eternity with you and together we laud him, we extol him. We extol him and laud him when we go and we tell our neighbor of the great things that God has done and the salvation that we have and where he has taken us from as far as what we once were and what we are now and the gospel is what we once were and what he makes us in Christ and to be able to say there's none in all the earth that is like him. And we just extol him, we laud him, we do it publicly. Praise him. Think of some of the sweetest times that I've had of praising him. One of the sweetest times was Andy Guastafaro was there. We, we were in Sudan. We brought a Christian team there. We played against their national team. We wanted the gospel to go forward. We're in their national stadium and we're there, and it's one of the most closed countries in the world. We don't know how the gospel is going to go forward. We just say, like, hey, we're a Christian team. Like, let's just play to the glory of God. You knock a guy down, pick him up. The ball goes out of bounds, and don't try to take it if it's not ours. Don't throw your hands up. Just make the way we play the witness. But if we get any kind of opportunity to preach the gospel, let's do it. And so someone comes up to me, hey, are you one of the coaches? Yeah. I'm a reporter. I know what you're trying to do. I'm a Christian. No one here knows I'm a Christian. If I give you an interview on halftime, would you preach the gospel over international television on our Muslim station? Yeah, absolutely. I'll preach the gospel, you know? And so I took the captain, him and I, we just proclaimed the gospel on international television. They said there was over 10 million people watching. And we preached the gospel live on television. And we ended up tying the Sudanese team, and afterwards we're in the bus, and we're going back to the hotel, and, and I tell the guys, like, this is what happened. This is what God did. And they just, the cheering was just incredible. And then we sang worship songs the entire way back, and it was probably one of the sweetest times of worship I could ever recall. Just to praise him for his mercy, to praise him for his sovereignty, to praise him that he caused the gospel to go forward, to praise him that he brought us there for a purpose, and that surely he has brought people into his kingdom as a result of this, because it's all a part of his plan, and the gospel went forward. He accomplished it. He worked miraculously. I think of of times of, of taking my kids places and saying, look what God has made. Look what he made. And having the kids just be like, oh, he made that. Times that you have of just singing praises unto him. Times that you have together to go through God's word and just reading and saying, look at what he did. 
He took us who were not a people and he's made us a people. He's justified us by his blood. It's the very precious blood of Christ. Look at what God has done for us. When Christ said it was finished on the cross, it was finished. And to be able to go through and look and just have it ignite our hearts to praise him because we look and we say he's done it all for us. And we laud him, we extol him, we praise him. It is exactly what is to mark our lives. This comes from Psalm 117, where it says, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you peoples. For his merciful kindness is great towards us, and the truth of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. And so we laud him. We praise him. It says here, praise him. All you peoples. And it is peoples from all over, from every country, every nation, every tongue. You look in Revelation in chapter 5 where there's this song that's being sung saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. You've redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. You've made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. He says, then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, and living creatures and elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands and thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And then every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever." And ever, and there is a reason why they are extolling him. There's a reason why all of the peoples are lauding him, are praising him, and it is because he has taken us out of every tribe and every tongue and every people and every nation. Look around. You can see it here, and you can see it even to the uttermost parts of the world. This is why we do missions. This is why we do missions. Preaching the word to every tribe and to every tongue and to every people and to every nation that together we as God's people would say things like, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. It's because he is the lamb of God, the perfect lamb of God that was without spot or blemish or any such thing. And he was slain for us. He's made us his people, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever because we are with him. The ten thousands times ten thousands and thousands and thousands accompanied with the angels were looking there and saying, there is none like him. Look at what he has done. Look at what he has made. He's made for himself this people. He's redeemed us. We didn't deserve any of it. And we get to spend eternity as the bride of Christ. And it's all the result of him. And all the praise goes to him. And all the glory belongs to him. And we'll laud him. And we'll extol him. And we'll praise him forevermore because he has saved us. God's accomplished that for us. In verse 12, and again Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles shall hope. Jesse was King David's father. So from the root of Jesse, there would be one who would come. Maybe our Messiah, who's to come from King David. And he was 
going to be the one in whom would give us hope. And that hope in verse 13, here's the benediction, amazing, the first benediction in Romans. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, I love that verse. As a result of what God has done for us, as a result of the fact that he has made us his people, as a result of the fact that he has brought us into his kingdom by his Holy Spirit who has called us, as a result of the work of Christ in which he fulfilled all righteousness and paid a payment that none of us could ever pay as far as taking our sins upon himself. Now may the God of hope fill you. I don't know where you're at this morning, but I know there are times where people get incredibly depressed. I know there's times where people get to a place where they're just at the end of their row. I know there's people that get to the place where they don't know whether they want to continue or not. But I will tell you that God says here in his word, now as a result of your salvation and who God is and the fact that Christ has come, may the God of hope fill you, fill you with joy, with all joy. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. May the God of hope fill you with all peace in believing as you believe as a result of faith in Christ. May it fill you with all joy that you look and, 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 and there may be pain that's there. There may be sickness that's there. There may be loneliness that there, that's there. There may be heartache that's there. There may be a, a loss of a desire to continue. There may be sin in which you just feel so defeated all the time. You may be at a place where you're not where you thought you would be at this particular point in your life. And you look and you may even come to the point of who would care if I were gone May the God of hope fill you with joy when you look and you say, though I was a wretch, he saved me. Though I was a wretch, he's taken my sin upon himself. He loves me. He determined my boundaries, my dwelling points, that I would grope for him and find him, and I did. He's brought me to salvation. He's brought me to faith. My hope is in the work of Christ upon the cross, and there's a purpose for it. And he directs my steps, and he knows all things altogether, and he can work all things together for good. And he can take my life, and he has gifted me in certain ways, and he can use it for his glory. And I can run this race with perseverance, keeping my eyes fixed upon him, and, and finishing and doing it well, and living to the glory of God. And whether I eat or drink or whatever I do, doing it to the glory of God, and being a light to this world, and salt to this earth, and being a blessing to those who are around me, and using the days that God has given me, and redeeming those days for the purpose of his glory. And I could have joy knowing that if all is gone, I still have Christ. The joy of knowing that he loves me. He has saved me. He's made me his bride. I get to spend eternity with him. And when you feel depressed and dismayed and you just don't want to continue, you look and you say, he has saved me for a purpose, for a reason. He's done this. 
I've gone through the valley of the shadow of death, and yet he's my shepherd, and he brings me to the green pastures, and he'll bring me to the still waters. He'll restore my soul. He's faithful to do that. There's joy that comes in Christ. There's peace that comes with Christ. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Huge at the end. That you may abound in hope by the power of the sweet Holy Spirit, our comforter, our helper, who in times like this, through the proclamation of his word, even if I had just read these verses, the Holy Spirit is so kind to bring us to a place of, and the Holy Spirit is able to make you abound, to overflow with hope. Because you know there's a purpose and you know he is good and you know he began a good work in you and you know he'll complete it and you know he holds you in his hand and you know the Father is greater than all holds you in his hand and there's no one that can snatch you away. You know that our life is like a vapor. It appears for a little while and then it vanishes away. You know that you could be tested in so many different things and yet he always makes a way of escape. You know that his mercies are new every morning. You know that where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. And the Holy Spirit's there to give us hope even in the midst of when we feel like it's hopelessness. The Holy Spirit is able to do that and not only able to do it, but able to make you abound in it. Abound in it. And so the Holy Spirit makes you abound and to be filled with joy and with peace and with hope. And it's not empty. It's real. It's the Holy Spirit doing that to us, working in us this salvation. May we praise him. May we laud him. We have been redeemed. Brothers and sisters, we have been redeemed. We have been forgiven. We have been made his people. We are not like those who are without Christ, without God, who are dead and who have no hope. We once were. We once were without God. You see in Ephesians 2.11, therefore remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ. You once were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off, you have been brought near by the blood of Christ, salvation we have may we not leave this place hopeless that was when you were without Christ but now you have him if you are here this morning and you are an unbeliever you are still in that place of being an alien being without Christ without hope without God but thanks be to him that whosoever believes on him will not perish but have everlasting life Whoever confesses their sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You are saved by faith and by faith alone, and it's not of works so that you can never boast. It is all the gift of God. And Christ has come to save sinners, even the worst of sinners. He has done that. May today be the day of salvation for you.
Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the hope that comes from you. We thank you for the sweetness of your Holy Spirit who draws us unto himself. We praise you for this great salvation that we have. And I pray that we as your people would laud you, that we would extol you, that we would praise you, that we would do that together because we have been filled with joy and peace and hope through Christ, through the Holy Spirit who has taken hearts of stone and made them hearts of flesh, who has redeemed us and has brought us to a place of being alive in you. And I pray that that would just cause us here, the saints at Reverence Bible Church, to just extol you and laud you all the days of our lives. May it be powerful this morning and throughout this week. You have given us incredible reasons, endless reasons, to have joy and hope and peace in you. Stir that within us this morning. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.